Welcome to Online Church today. It's great to be together. My name is Sue and I'm going to be hosting today with my friend Josh. We have been working behind the scenes for quite a little while, but it's actually our first time hosting together today, isn't it? I can't believe it's actually happening, finally. I mean, we've been trying to make this happen since we first met over a year ago. For a long time. Josh has been waiting for this moment, haven't you? You guys don't know, this is secretly my best friend and my first friend within King's Arm. So <laughs> this is a great moment for me. Oh, you're too kind. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're really excited now to uh, give you guys the opportunity to see some family moments and news uh, from within our community. So here's a video for you. I just so love seeing all those moments of Amazing. what God is doing in our community and we are celebrating each special time for those that were involved. Well, we're going to head into a time of worship now and we're going to do things a little bit differently. Matt and Molly are going to be leading us in a mix of singing and we're going to do some declarations and just celebrate the reality of who God is yeah. today. So, um, so Josh, why don't you maybe pray for us as we... Lord, we worship you and we praise your name and we just thank you for a wonderful opportunity to gather in our homes uh, via online yeah. church and um, for Sue and I in person and uh, for all those here for on uh, in-person meetings and wherever we may find ourselves watching this, we are just so grateful for an opportunity to lift up your name and praise you. And as we go into worship right now, we just ask that your spirit will inhabit uh, whichever area we find ourselves in, Lord. Let your spirit go before us, Lord. And as we lift up worship to you, we pray uh, that will be pleasing to you, Lord, and that um, you know our very situation. So we just ask that uh, as we're led in worship, that you will um, visit our situation and whatever change we're looking for, that there will be change and yeah. that we will experience your true joy, even in the midst of the craziness that we may be facing, Lord, that we will just feel your love and your joy as we we just lift up a sound of worship to you. So we just ask, Lord, just go before us, Lord, and be yeah, present you, in your name, Jesus. Yeah, Father, we're here to worship you, to lift you high. We surrender down our lives before you, to lift you high, King Jesus. Above it all, Thank you that you are reigning right now. The beginning and the end. The lion and the lamb. We worship you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Worthy Lord. Worthy Lord. 
of all praise and honor, of all glory and power, be unto your name, be unto your name. We fix our eyes on you, we fix our gaze on you. Savior say, well, thy strength indeed is small, and child of weakness, watch and pray, find in me thine all in all, and Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe, sin had left a crimson stain he washed it white as snow Paid my debt and 
Raise this life up from the dead short video it's about 
how good God is and what he's done for us. It's called That's My King. Uh, so just, just encourage you just to continue to fix your eyes on God as you watch this and to praise him and to lift him high. And then we'll come back together and we'll sing some more. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. I wish I could describe him for you. He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. Well, you can't get him out of your mind. You can't, you can't get him off of your head. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. Yeah, Father, we thank you that you are king above it all. We thank you that you are reigning and in control. We thank you for the cross, God. We thank you for all that you've done for us. Just start to speak out your praise. Just start to speak out your thanks to him. How good he is, that he is the king. There is no other name. There is no other one like him. Jesus, we worship you, God.
We thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood. We crown you, Jesus. We crown you, Jesus. Yeah, just let praise rise in your heart right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the blood. Thank you, God. Worship you, Jesus. Worship you, God. There is no other name, no higher name.
And I lay down my life in surrender. Mm. And I will fix my eyes 
only on your face what mm. I decrease is you increase what I below is you are high God Yeah, Jesus, we declare today that you are beautiful. Yeah. You're beautiful beyond description. And right now, wherever you're at in your homes, would you just open your hearts to know the reality of who he is? We know that the, when we see his face, everything else pales into insignificance. Yeah. And so, God, we pray with the radiance of your beauty overwhelm us today. Mm-hmm. We pray that everything else would just slip away as we see the light of who you are that you are the hope in the darkness, that you are certainty in uncertainty. God, I pray wherever people are joining with us today, would they just know those truths? We want to encounter your love and your goodness afresh today because we know that you are good and you are beautiful. Amen. Amen. Well, if you have joined us partway through the meeting, my name is Sue and I'm hosting today with my good friend, Josh. Good friend. And uh, Good friend. <laughs> and... Um, it's the it's opportunity for us to take up an offering. Um, if you are a regular attender here, this is your opportunity to partner with, with all that God is doing in and through us. Uh, you can give by heading to kingsarms.org forward slash donate. Yeah, so in the book of Acts, uh, it speaks consistently about how uh, Christians would gather together in houses and would worship together and connect together. Mm-hmm. And um, we've been fortunate enough that actually group life for us has continued in this time of lockdown. We've had um, Bible studies together. We've had socially distanced walks, um, which have happened in this time. And we're now at a time where sign up for the next term is about to start again whoop, whoop. this weekend, actually. So uh, <laughs> sign up will be opening um, this weekend. And uh, we're really excited uh, to have you guys engage with us again. So we're going to have a video that goes... Um, on for you right now which will give you a bit more information about it. Hello everyone, I'm Phil Cox and I help run groups at King's Arms. Groups are crucial for helping create community and connection and encouraging each other to live a life that is as close to Jesus as we can. We are relaunching because obviously in the last little while groups have not been able to run as we've wanted. We're relaunching in three different formats. We're relaunching firstly online, we're relaunching in homes with uh, numbers of six or less, and we're also using King's House to be able to be opened in some evenings. We have three different types of group. Life groups do life together. They are community, they help each other out, they do things to keep each other close to Jesus and each other. Secondly, we have missional communities. Missional communities go on a mission together. And what they do is they go out into the world and do something for the kingdom. And we have equip groups, learning something new or something different that will affect the way that people walk with Jesus. Sign up is from the 23rd of October to the 1st of November. But what I'd like to do is I'd like to hear from a couple of people who lead groups as to why they lead groups at this point in time. 
Hi, we're Mike and Addie Green and we run Inside Out, the prison missional community because we just love seeing God's heart for the poor expressed in one of the places in Bedford that most needs it. I've loved seeing guys' lives transformed in Bedford prison through the running of an Alpha course and through running Sunday services. Hi, I'm Abby. I've recently taken over Love Family. Uh, raising kids is hard, really hard. and. I wanted to create a group where we could support each other and love each other, share the ups, share the downs, share the great rewards and share the really tricky days. Um, somewhere that we can just be family. We have got a wide range of different types of group. I don't know if you've noticed behind me, but I've got a number of props. Here's a picture done by the person who is running the Creative Hub. If you are a stitcher, a baker, a creative in any way, drama, dance, painting, print screening, anything like that, come along to our Creative Hub and find out how you can do it all for the glory of Jesus. We've got a coat here because we've got autumn walks that are going to go ahead uh, in Queen's Park and Great Dedham and they'll probably go ahead with whatever the weather. We've got a cup of coffee because we've got coffee with belong. Coffee and belong happens both in the daytime and in the evening where you can have a chat, you can get to know people and you can create community. And we've got a Bible opened at 2 Samuel. We've got a group that's gonna be studying 2 Samuel. We've got groups that are gonna be studying other, other books as well. Go on the website, have a look under groups, sign up for a different group, try something new, or go get a bunch of you together to sign up. If there are any other things that you would like to know about with groups, then please feel free to email groups at kingsarms.org. I'm so excited about what God is going to do in our community as we gather in groups. And uh, just today, actually, I was chatting with a friend about the reality of heading into winter, the kind of darkness that's coming with the later mornings, yeah. the kind of earlier evenings. And we were both kind of just saying in the midst of everything that's going on, actually connecting is going to be so important Definitely. at this time. And so we've been chatting about, do we go for walks? What does that look like? And yeah. actually group life provides a brilliant opportunity. So many opportunities. For that, doesn't it? Definitely. Um, so, and so these groups are going to be running from November to February. So please do head to the website. Please do check out how you can get connected. Um, it'll be brilliant, a brilliant way of serving you at this time. Great. So we've reached uh, what I would call probably the most important part of the service today, where we have the wonderful Steve, another good friend of mine, not as good as Sue. Don't tell Steve. Steve, if you're watching, I'm really sorry. Um, we're going to have our preach now uh, from Steve, and it's going to be really interactive today. So I'm going to ask you guys to get a pen and paper. Here's one I prepared earlier. Uh, so that you can learn a couple of tools, a few things that you can do which will help you in your Christian walk, which Steve will explain more in his words. So tune in, get relaxed, get prepared for the word. All right, stop. Pause. Let's just relax for a moment and take a deep breath in. And then let it out. Because no matter what is going on in your life right now, I want you to be encouraged by the fact that Jesus is still on the throne. And that's really good news. Guys, it's great to be together today. And I want to start just by sharing a story which I think will really encourage you. Because I was listening this week to a friend of mine called Mark 
who was saying that some time ago he had the opportunity of going along to speak at a school assembly in Barnsley. And uh, he was actually quite frustrated because of the fact that he was told he only had seven minutes. And uh, not only did he only have seven minutes, but the people who were leading the school said to him, and, oh, if you could just go really easy on that Jesus stuff, that would be great. But he fell to his knees in frustration and said, God, I really want to make the most of this seven minutes. I want to make the most of my time speaking to these kids. He did his very best. And sometime later, it was actually 20 years later, he was up in Newcastle and a lady came up to him and said, I remember that assembly. Now, she then told this incredible story of how actually she's been in a really difficult season, a really difficult time of her life. She'd come out of school and she had fallen into drugs and even prostitution. And she had uh, found herself, as it were, at some of the bleakest moments in her life when someone had encouraged her, look, why don't you come along to this church with me? And so she went along to the church and there she uh, stood and she listened to someone speaking about the cross but all she could remember is, I've heard this before. And she remembered back 20 years before to when my friend Mark spoke in her assembly. And it was that point when she made a decision to give her life to Christ. And it was at that point when her life changed completely. And it was amazing to know these two things reconnecting as my friend realized that those seed that he, seeds that he'd sown 20 years before bore such an incredible fruitfulness. I hope that you would be encouraged by that story because what it does is it reminds us of the significance of the seed that we're scattering right now and the opportunities that we have to love on those people around us. You see, God is on the move and we want to be excited about that. Now, over these last few weeks, we've been journeying through Nehemiah. Now, Nehemiah is this Israelite official who's been showing us what happens when people don't grumble about the situation that they find themselves in, but instead choose to put their hands to work and made, make a difference. You see, Nehemiah had this vision. He had this mandate from God that he wanted to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem, to offer them security and to offer them support and protection. Now, we should have picked up the story today in chapter six. Now I say should, because we're gonna take a couple of general themes, but we're gonna zoom right out today and talk about having security in the gospel. Now, of course, what we could have done is dive into the detail. So let me just give you an overview of what the sum of the story was about. You see, because at this point in Nehemiah, what we see is that the walls are almost finished and they've been finished in actually amazing speed, just 50 odd days. But the opposition, just like they've had in other chapters, has remained. And the opposition that we see in this chapter, it takes the form of three men who are trying to stop Nehemiah. One's called Sambalat, one's called Tobiah, and the other is called Geshem. And they are repeatedly threatening him with lies, with manipulation, even with violence. But we see this man who trusts God. We see this man whose faith isn't shaken. And actually, do you know, as I've been reflecting and decided to take a big step back, I realised that I want to be a man like that. That no matter what the opposition that we find, no matter what circumstances we encounter in our lives, we hold on to the right things. Now, I don't know whether you've seen uh, over the last couple of weeks the social media craze that started all around. Uh, it started with a guy who was in uh, Northern Ireland in Belfast called Kieran Shannon. And he shared two pictures. Uh, the first one of which holding his daughter's hand on a street outside of their house, alongside the text, how it started. 
And then right alongside that, it said how it's going. And it spawned this craze where loads of people have been doing the same thing. How it started, how is it going? And showing beautiful pictures of what life was like and what it's like now. And so other people, thinking this was a super cute idea, decided they were going to follow the same thing. We've had celebrities, we've had politicians, we've had sports people. And so here's one of Ellie Golding, for example. And uh, uh, she is a musician and she's showing one of her early gigs and then she's showing how it's going with her throwing herself in this enormous stadium as she performs to thousands of people. And then you've got Kylian Mbappe, the uh, sportsman. The footballer who showed the picture of how young he was when he first started getting into football and then the picture of him holding the World Cup trophy when France won it last time out. And you know, I was thinking to myself, well, what would it be like if I showed uh, Nehemiah's how it started and how it's going pictures? And, you know, maybe Nehemiah would be down his knees pleading before God, give me the opportunity to rebuild those walls. And he would he would be there crushed. And, you know, then now, how is it going? He'd be championing the fact that actually he's overcoming each one of these obstacles. And, and uh, you know, he'd be celebrating because the walls are all, almost complete. And I was thinking about mine. What would my how it started image be. And I thought back, I felt like God took me back to a time just in the summer before I became a Christian, when I was actually on a lad's holiday in Magaluf. And this picture isn't to glamorize the situation, but this picture was taken by a friend of mine. And uh, I say friend because uh, it's, a, it's a pretty bleak picture. But this was after a night out when I'd got absolutely hammered. I'd been, you know, drinking pint after pint of vodka and Red Bull and uh, became violent, became uh, grumpy, became aggressive. And I'd got so intoxicated that I could no longer stand and collapse outside the bed for my friends to ridicule me. That was the summer, just a few weeks before I went on my first Alpha course and started a journey to get to know Jesus. Now, I'm not, as I say, glamorizing it, but I want to show you the reality of where my life was. And then I was thinking, well, it, what would be the situation if I thought of a picture now? You know, how is it going? And should I put a picture up of me speaking in front of hundreds of people, telling them about Jesus? Or do I put a picture up of my beautiful family and my amazing wife and children and try and show people, oh, but I'm doing really great. But actually, the picture that I wanted to show was a picture by a guy called Thomas Blackshear, which actually is a visual representation of someone who has been forgiven and it's just this beautiful picture that just makes me weep every time I look at it because it's Jesus holding someone who just as I was on that floor in Magaluf has just collapsed holding a nail and a hammer but being held up by the grace of God you see when I'm faced with challenges Nehemiah clung to God when we are faced with lies manipulation, self-doubt, when we're faced with insecurity, I'm thankful that even today it's the gospel that still holds me. It held me then and the good news of Jesus and who he is and what he did, it holds me now. And it's true of every one of us. No matter when those liars and the enemy takes a swing at us, he holds us. You see, I was not worthy, but he washed me. He took my shame away. He made me white as snow. And he invited me to come close to him. And it's not by works, but by his invitation. And it's interesting, you know, because when I became a Christian, I was thinking to myself, all right, great, I, I get the cross now. I understand the, the kind of crux of the faith. 
Now, where do we move on to? What, what's the next step? What's the next level? Where do I graduate into? You know, am I going to find out about Moses and the burning bush? And have I got to do now some study around Noah and the animals that he took onto the ark? But you know what? I think if we do that, we've actually missed something because the gospel has to remain central to us through everything that we're going through. The truth is that we should never move on from the beauty and the power of the gospel. My one and only point today, the thing that I want to share with you is that we want to stay grounded in this season and every season, stay rooted and connected to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me share some verses that I believe support some of the things I'm saying. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. And then if we think about the, the trials and the difficult such circumstances of life, we can go to Ephesians 6, where it talks about the armour of God and what we should be prepared to put on ourselves in a way to protect ourselves against spiritual schemes. In uh, Ephesians 6.15, it says, And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. There needs to be a readiness to even share the gospel that we have been born into. Hebrews 6.19 says, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. So I've been imagining this boat Almost like I know that at times my life at the minute feels like it's being thrown around on really choppy seas. But it's been so reassuring to realise that I've got an anchor. I've got this firm and secure hope rooted in the gospel, no matter what is thrown at me. And so I know it's important for me. I know it's important for you. But it's also important that we share it with others. Mark 16, 15, Jesus himself says that we should go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. And so this season is a season when it's absolutely critical for us to do the same. So hopefully you will have found a pen and paper right now because I want to teach you practically a tool called the three circles. It's a way that we can both get rooted ourselves in the truths of the gospel, but also communicate them to other people. And it's my heart that this time together today would both remind you of the truths of the gospel, but also equip you to be confident about sharing your faith. Now, I do need to be clear for a minute, OK, because it's not about a tool that's going to save someone. But actually, it's the kindness of God. It's his spirit that draws people to repentance. It's a supernatural work. But God, in his divine wisdom, draws us into the opportunity to do that. And this tool, I trust, is going to help you turn everyday conversations into gospel conversations. Because you see, I remember chatting to a friend of mine who got into a conversation with someone on the street who said to him, well, you know, tell me about your faith then. And his response was, well, um, you know, it's because it's God loves you and he, and he loves you and he, he, really, he really does love you. And uh, he kind of got stuck there. Now, the love of God is central to everything that we believe, but that's not the only thing. And so what we're going to do is look at how the fullness of the gospel comes together through this talk. Now, practically speaking, you might be thinking to yourself, well, how do I start a conversation to use it? Well, let me give you a couple of suggestions. And the first thing we could do is simply say, have you ever seen the three circles before? Or if someone's sharing of a circumstance in their life, which they're finding particularly tough, you could also say to them, hey, look, I've not been through that before, but I have been through other things. And can I show you something that really helped me? Or you could ask someone, hey, do you feel close to God? 
because I'd love to share something that helped me come closer to him. Now I've used this tool over the fence with neighbours, I've used this uh, on a street benches with people who are complete strangers and I've used it with people I know. And when we get to know it, actually it can really help us to have those conversations. So hopefully you've got your pen, hopefully you've got your paper. And I want to teach you the three circles. All right, the first thing we need to know, the first circle is here. And what I would often do is say to someone, it's easy to see that the world in which we find ourselves is broken. Now you follow along with me and you can draw the same elements so that you can get to learn it as well. And we know that it's broken because we read the news and we see things around us. We know that there is uh, disease and pain and suffering and death. And we realise that actually this is not supposed to be this way. But even in the midst of the brokenness, we can see glimmers of how God meant this to be. We can see things like sunsets which inspire us, or we, we see babies' uh, handprints as they are born, and, and we see people laughing and enjoying themselves. Well, actually, that's a picture of the way things were supposed to be, which is actually this second circle. You see, God's perfect design was a place where there was love and there was no suffering, there was no pain, there was no death, but it was a place of perfection where there was peace and joy and a true connection with God. But what happened was from the very first people who existed is that people went their own way, they rejected God's way. And the Bible calls this sin. Now sin is everything from lying all the way to murder. And uh, this is a word that just refers to the fact that we've gone our own way and we have done our own thing. And it's that that has caused us to be in this world of brokenness. Okay. Now, what happens is that in life, we try and get ourselves out of brokenness. And so we'll try all sorts of other things to try and get ourselves out and we'll throw ourselves into success. Maybe it's a career or in education. We throw ourselves at relationships. Now, some of these are good things, but ultimately they're never going to satisfy us or take us out of this place of brokenness. You know, for some people, they might throw themselves at drugs or alcohol to try and numb the pain. Some people will even throw themselves at religious activity. But what happens is that every one of these things will ultimately throw us back a little bit like a bungee cord back into the brokenness from which we came. We cannot get out of this brokenness without God's help. But the amazing thing is that he knew and he wanted to do something about us. He didn't want to leave us in this place of brokenness. So what he did was he sent his son. He sent Jesus, who is himself God, and he sent him down to earth and he lived a perfect life and then he died on a cross, executed by Roman soldiers. But the Bible says that as he died, because he was the perfect substitution, he literally crushed and paid the penalty for our sin. And then to prove that it was a success, he rose three days later to new life. Now the Bible promises that if it is the case that we want to receive Jesus, what we need to do is to turn. And so the Bible encourages us that his promise is if we turn and if we put our trust in Jesus, then he will forgive us 
and make us brand new creations to bring us back into the relationship that we were made for, to become a brand new creation. That's what he's asking. So to turn, it's like to, to repent, okay? And so repentance is turning away from the behavior and the sin that has marked our lives. And to trust is to make Jesus the Lord of our lives. And then as we become this new creation, we were brought back into a relationship with God and are given the opportunity to grow in a relationship with him and to also go back into this place of brokenness, to bring his life, to bring his love, to bring his hope to those in need. And what I would also want to ask everyone who I get to do this with is where are you? Are you living in brokenness? Or have you put your trust in Jesus and are now living in God's perfect design in relationship with him? Now, if someone says to me, do you know, I'm, I'm living in brokenness. I realize that I don't have that relationship that you're talking about. And we can just pray a simple prayer with them where we can encourage people. Look, would you like to and, you know, just come before God to turn away from your sin? to put your trust in Jesus, to make him the Lord of your life and to ask him to bring you into the relationship that you were made for. It's a phenomenal thing. And I hope you've had the opportunity of practicing it as I've shared just now. Now, some people, just like they did, did with Jesus, might reject you. If you uh, look at Acts 17, 32 and 34, it also happened to the Apostle Paul. It's, it says... When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered. But you know what? Jesus was also rejected. But others said, it continues, we want to hear you again on this subject. You see, some people want to draw into those relationships. They want to ask questions and you can start a relationship and a conversation with them. And then other people, here's where it finishes. At that point, Paul left the council. Some of the people became followers of Paul and believed. This is the power of the gospel. Let's just watch this short video to see the three circles in action. Has anyone showed you the three circles before? Have you heard of the three? three circles before? Has anyone ever shared the three circles with you? Before. No. No. So this is the first circle. So this represents the world that's broken. All of us live in a broken world. You only have to turn on the news and see... Suffering, death. War, sickness. Rape, disease, it's everywhere, right? But you know, God didn't actually create the world to be like this, full of brokenness, eh? Here's the second circle. This circle represents God's perfect design. God's perfect design was a world without brokenness. A world full of love. Full of joy and peace yeah. and unity. But what we did was we sinned. Sin could be anything from lying to murder. Wait, so like, just like normal lying or like hard lying? And what sin did, it separated us from God's perfect design and threw us into brokenness. And so people try all kinds of different things to get out of brokenness. They might try drugs or alcohol. Or maybe chasing a career or money. Smoking. Even bullying other people at school. Oh, sleeping suicide. around. Suicide, exactly, a good example. But it doesn't actually fix the problem of brokenness. It's like a bungee cord. We just get snapped straight back into brokenness. And ultimately, if people die in that state of brokenness and separate from God, and that means that that's eternal separation from God. Do you know what this place is often called? Yes, 
What God did was he didn't want to leave us in that place. God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. Jesus was God, so he had no sin. And when he died and rose again, he actually took on all of our sin and cancelled it like he crushed it. He said if we would turn away from our sin and believe in Jesus and make Jesus the Lord of our life, we become restored. restored back into God's original design. And you become a new creation, a new person in Christ. And will restore us back into relationship with Him. So there's only two kinds of people in this world, people that are in brokenness or God's perfect design. Where would you see yourself? Probably right there, to be honest. You see people. I'm not sure. Love? Brokenness? Possibly love. The boundary stage. <laughs> yeah, the same. And where would, where would you, you like, like to be? So where would you like to be? You'd like to be here? Yeah. Right here. That's it. One of God. So here? So is there anything that's stopping you? From turning and, and believing in Jesus? And allow him to be Lord and King of your life? Stubbornness? Probably not. Probably we, to be honest. Nothing's stopping me. You know the awesome news about Jesus? He is the only way out. If you try to clean yourself up before coming to Jesus, it's like trying to get clean before you take a shower. Oh, I see, yeah, I get that. Is there anything stopping you? We shared the three circles with 34 people. Four were already believers. 13 chose to remain in brokenness, but some were deeply impacted. And 17 wanted to leave brokenness and receive Christ. There are many powerful ways to share the gospel, and the three circles is a great place to start. See, Nehemiah was faced with threats. He was faced with liars. He was faced with challenges. He clung on to God. And in this season, it's my heart and it's my prayer that we would cling on to the good news of the gospel. Every day we're faced with challenges of every kind and there are people who are desperate for hope. And you have the power through your three circles and through the hope that the Holy Spirit's put in you to bring life to them and life in all of its fullness. So let me pray for you right now. Father, I wanna thank you for the power of the gospel. I want to thank you, Lord God, that every single one of us has been drawn into this relationship so that we can see other people made new and made whole and become brand new creations. And I want to pray, Father, that we would be rooted in the gospel right now and that it would overflow to people around us. And I want to pray, God, that you would give us opportunities to share this. And I pray, even if there are people here right now who are seeing me draw out this diagram and realise that they're not in a relationship with you, he would say they're still living in brokenness. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that they would take that step and they would know what it means to turn from their sin, to put their trust in you and to become a new creation today. Now, if that is you and you want help to know what it means to put your trust in Jesus, then there's going to be a button on the screen that's going to appear in front of you right now. But guys, let's put this into action and let's go for it in our lives. Bless you. Wow, wonderful word from Steve. Thank you so much for that. And wonderful tools that you've given us mm. um, to use in our day-to-day -day life. So I guess the challenge is for us, for you at home, is who will you share these tools with? Who, who will you share this message with um, this week yeah. um, to help even equip them as well? Um, well, it's been a wonderful service. Um, it's been great to have you wherever you found yourself. 
Um, we've had uh, words of knowledge in the chat. So if you may have missed that, please do scroll back up and uh, the team may repost them for you to see and feel free to engage with them. If you're home alone as well, feel free to type um, anything you want as far as how you're feeling or what God's been saying to you and uh, they will engage with you as well. Um, it's an awesome way to connect. And finally, we've got our coffee and chat um, which we do via Zoom. So uh, please click that button and get the details and log into that to, again, connect with people in whichever way you possibly can. Yeah, have a great week. Yeah, have a great week. <laughs> great to have you. See you later. <laughs> snacks and just walk but, you, <laughs> but if you're recording, you've got your, you've got your perfect outtake. Nothing, well, nothing. Well, you're not editing, so it's fine. I'll Josh talk to Josh. John Josh has been, uh, Josh has been sharing. <laughs> Some would say oversharing. Well, basically, everyone's been accusing me of eating all the snacks, but really, it's Phil Cutland Green who's been eating all of the snacks behind the camera. No, Put that in the outtakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. Here you go. Sorry, someone said you wanted Tom, I think we're going to have to bring up the fact that you had a jet poster in your room again. Is that what we're going to have to speak about? Because <laughs> I'm naturally funny. Yeah. I, I feel like if I keep saying I'm funny, people will find me funny. <laughs> Tom laughed. Tom actually laughed.